2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll read those last few verses, 17 through 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, beginning of verse 17, says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now we, then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be, rec be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray again together, please. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just uh, thank you that it's in Christ alone. He is all we need today, dear God. If we just cast uh, uh, everything upon him and trust him with everything, God, he delights to work in us and for us and through us. And Lord, we just praise his name for that. Lord, thank you for those that are here today. Thank you for those that are listening. And God, I pray you'd help each one. Lord, again, we thank of the many uh, among us that was sickness. Again, we thank of Sister Muxlow. We thank of Sister uh, Barnett. Lord, we thank you for the good report concerning uh, 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 Brenda and uh, others, Lord God. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just help people physically, help people spiritually. Lord, if there's anybody here listening that's not saved, Lord, please open their eyes of understanding, uh, dear God, and uh, just help them today to make that right decision. Uh, to repent of their sin and put their trust in the finished work uh, of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the seed that's been sown. We thank you for this one that Sister Judy mentioned, uh, Melba, uh, dear God, that uh, she was able to give a testimony. And Lord, I pray that uh, she would uh, uh, get back in line and even uh, whatever time she has left would be lived for you. Lord, we thank you for Kevin uh, that was witnessed to this week and others that were mentioned, dear God. Take the seed that was sown, dear God, and we water it by faith and prayer, dear God, that you might give the increase and get the glory for it thereby. Now, Lord, as we look into this portion of Scripture, dear God, uh, help, it to, help us to understand it. Help us to properly divide it. And dear God, uh, again, use it to glorify yourself and to save souls, and God, and to build your church. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, we look here in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 17 through 21, of course, uh, uh, some familiar verses. But I want to I want to read one, uh, give you one verse. Psalm 33, 8. Psalm 33, 8 says this. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. <laughs> and boys, I was reading uh, uh, these verses, especially the verse we're going to look at here in a second. At verse 21, we see one of the reasons that we should stand in awe of him. <laughs> Amen. When we think about what he did on our behalf. Uh, let's, uh, 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 we're going to look at these other verses, but I want to begin by focusing on verse 21. And because, you know, of course, uh, uh, these verses talk about reconciliation, and we'll note that. But, of course, verse 21 is the basis for all these things, which says, For he hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that's him, Jesus, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's amazing 
This is a wonderful verse, a powerful verse. It says a lot of things. It's amazing how, you know, we're just doing our Bible reading and we just zip through uh, verses like this that just, I mean, uh, that's amazing how God can uh, 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 pack so much in a verse right there. So I want to notice this verse and I call it the great exchange. Amen. The great exchange. We see a great exchange that took place here. But again, notice as you see in these verses, uh, we see in these verses that, that God's goal was, God's goal was, always has been, and still is today, to what? To reconcile man unto himself. To reconcile man <laughs> unto himself. Now, I know I've, uh, uh, I think a couple years, I taught on the doctrine of reconciliation. But uh, I, I want to give you a, a, an interesting thought here on the thought of uh, uh, to, to reconcile. To reconcile. And if you, if you study that word and you look at the root word that makes up this word, it literally means this. It means to change or exchange things of equal value. Now think about that, what we're talking about here, what we see in this verse. And the word means to change or exchange things of equal value. Now think about this. This verse is talking about what? It's talking about Jesus Christ and it's talking about sinners. But yet the word reconcile means to exchange things of equal value. And that is just an amazing thought. Now, Philippians 2, 6 says this about Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Of course, when we think of, uh, of somebody equal with God, we understand while Christ would consider himself and have no problem being equal with God, he is God. So uh, that verse doesn't throw us off. But when we think about uh, the thought of a sinful man being equal with God in any way, that is an amazing thought. That is an amazing uh, thing of how that could happen. Because you see, the problem here is the two things uh, the, here uh, the, the, that are going to be exchanged are not equal in value, Christ and the sinner. But you see, so that the root word of that word means to exchange things or change things of equal value. But the prefix of that word right? Uh, reconcile means to bring back or to restore, to bring back or to restore. Well, that helps us a little bit because we see that before that exchange or change can take place, right? Uh, something has to be brought back. Something has to be restored, amen, uh, to a value to make it equal with the other thing. So then what it means is the item in question, in this case, the, the sinner, right? is brought back to an equal value, if you will, so an exchange can be made. That's an amazing thought, right? Uh, because God, as we see, is, is righteous, and we'll look at that. But somehow, uh, the sinner, through Christ's action, is brought back and made of, uh, 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 of equal value so that he can have that relationship with God. Of course, in our sins, we are of no value, right? <laughs> We're of no value to God in our sin. We're of no value to God in our sinful state. But Christ, through his actions, Christ, through his actions, provided a way for us who are of no value in our own right to become of equal value in the eyes of God. And that is amazing. Somehow in the eyes of God, we became equal value with Christ so God would accept us. Now notice this verse again. For he hath made him to be sin. Listen, it says he was made sin. He wasn't made a sinner. <laughs> he wasn't made a sinner, but he was made sin. 
And note that word sin, singular, he was not made sins. <laughs> he was not made a sinner, and he was not made sins, but he was made sin. So the problem is, of course, sin, which causes us, is what causes us to commit sins, right? Uh, and of course, this thought about he came for sin, and that's important to understand. John 1, 29, because that's when we witness to people, what do we try to get them to understand? Not just, hey, uh, uh, sins just prove what you are, and you need to be forgiven uh, of what you are. And if you'll get forgiven of what you are, then you're automatically forgiven for what you did, right? If you'll be forgiven for being a sinner, then, amen, you'll be forgiven your sins. But you are sin. You are a sinner. Uh, remember John 1, 29. That's what uh, John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away what? The sin of the world. Didn't say the sins. Now, we know there's places where it mentions sins. But you need to realize he came to take away the source, right? Sin itself. To deal with the source of sin itself. I mean, uh, if you've got cancer and uh, because of that you're having all these issues, would you rather the doc just keep going back and say, Doctor, can you deal with these issues for me? No, uh, you want him to deal with the problem, to get rid of the sin. And that's what Jesus came to do, right? Uh, he came to take away the sin of the world, not just the sins, right? He came to get rid of the cancer, get rid of the cancer, and the side effects will clear up. So he took away our sins by dealing with the source of its of uh, source itself, sin. First John three five says, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins in him who is no sin, in him who is no sin. So there was no sin in him. Right? He was not a sinner, but he became sin on our behalf. Now, in him was no sin. And that's the amazing thing, that a holy God, again, the great thing about God is his holiness. It's an amazing thing that a holy God was willing to become sin on our behalf. We always think about the fact that, again, him dying for our sin, but deeper than that, Deeper than that, that he just died for our sins, he became sin on our behalf. And now think about that. A holy God. Let me give you some verses about God's holiness. Habakkuk 1.13 is a one of verse. He says, Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. That's how holy and righteous it is. He is of pure eyes than behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. Now think about it. He was of pure eyes to behold iniquity and he couldn't even look on iniquity, but yet he was willing to become sin for us. Isaiah 6, 3. We know, you know this great verse. Uh, when Isaiah looked up and one cried unto another, right? Uh, the sheriff, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, Jesus Christ. The whole earth is full of his glory. A holy God. Hebrews 7, 26 says this about Jesus Christ. Hebrews 7, 26. It says, for such an high priest became us. Look at this. What a, what a lovely verse. Who is holy, harmless, <laughs> harmless. I mean, what's more harmless than a little lamb? What's more gentle than a little lamb? Jesus, right? He was holy. He was harmless. 
undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Separate from sinners, right? But yet, this, this God that was of pure eyes than behold evil, this God that couldn't even look on iniquity, this God who went on the throne, right? They cried out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. This, 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 this God who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, was willingly, willingly made sin on our behalf. Again, he did more than bear our sin. He was made our sin. He was made our sin. Now, you might say, uh, uh, Preacher, can you, you, can you explain that? Uh, can you break that down a little bit for me? I said, no, I can't. I can't. I, I mean, how do you explain? How can you really explain how a holy God could become sin for a man? There's no way for our, our mind to comprehend it. You know what? I don't feel bad that I can't explain that. Matter of fact, I'm glad I can't explain it. I'm glad I have a God that I can't explain. I'm glad I have a God that can do things that I can't explain. So listen, uh, you have to find somebody smarter than me, right? And I don't think they're out there that could truly explain to you how a holy God not only was willing, but was able, was able to become sin on your and my behalf. But I'm glad, hey, listen, I don't feel bad that I can't explain it, but I do feel good that I can believe it, amen? Hey, uh, there's a lot of things in this Bible I can't explain, but hey, I believe everything in it. And I'm, I have, I'm glad I have a God uh, that is beyond my comprehension. I'm glad I have a God that has done things on my behalf and on your behalf that are on beyond our comprehension. Who wants a little God that you can, you can stick in a tube and you know, uh, figure it all out? Hey, listen, uh, I'm glad I can't figure it all out, but you know what? I'm glad he's got me figured all out, amen? And still, amen, he was willing to be, I mean, if you just stop there and try to truly, with a sincere heart, meditate on the fact that he was willing to become sin on our behalf, that's an amazing thing. Let me give you uh, some verses where he also talks about our sins. 1 John 2, 2. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And we know that word propitiation is the same word for mercy seat. And I, uh, let me give you these verses in Exodus 25, 17. It says, and that shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. So you go into Exodus 25, beginning in verse 17, and it's, he starts to explain how that mercy seat's going to be made and how the cherubim are going to be made. They're over it. But here's, what I, here's the verse, uh, uh, verse 22 of Exodus 25. Here's what he says about that mercy seat. Amen. Here's what he says about the place where the blood is going to be applied. He says, and there I will meet with you, and I will commune with thee. Amen. And that's what Jesus Christ is. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, you want to know how to get to God? Jesus Christ. He looks at Jesus Christ and he says there, amen, at Calvary, there at that cross, there where that blood was shed, there at that empty tomb, that's where I will meet with you. And that's where I will commune with you because that's where the price for your sin was paid. Hebrews 9, 12 says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once in the whole place. Look at this. Having obtained, what did he obtain? Eternal redemption. 
Now notice, I'm glad that he put there, he obtained eternal redemption because there's no such thing as partial redemption. There's no such thing as temporary redemption. Listen, if you got it, you got it for all time and eternity, amen? You can't lose it. He obtained eternal redemption, and when he gives it to you, it's for time and eternity. Thank God for that. You can only have eternal redemption. And so look what he did for us. Verse 24, he hath made him to be sin for us. He became sin itself. I, I, I can't comprehend that. I, I, I wish I could explain that a little bit better. All I know is it, it, it means exactly what it says, that that's what he became on our behalf. He became sin itself. Who knew no sin? As we saw, he was a holy God. And why did he do that? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's an amazing thought. Listen, I mean, the whole thing's amazing. How in the world does a holy God become sin? And then how does someone like you and I, a sinner, amen, how do we become as righteous as God? That is an amazing. How do we become of equal value? That is an amazing thing. Uh, When you think about that, listen, Christ uh, submitted himself to the sin of man. What a wonderful uh, thought that is. We've been made the righteousness of God. So what he did, right, uh, we said that word reconcile uh, means to exchange things of equal value. So, right, we had, to, we had to be restored, amen. He restored you to your proper state so he could restore you to your proper position. Colossians 1.21 says, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Boy, you don't hear that word anymore, amen, wicked works. Boy, this world is just full of wicked and vile works. And, you know, it's sin, amen, it's wicked and vile in the eyes of a holy God, and those things should still be wicked and wicked and vile in our eyes. Boy, you know, I, I, I better stop there because I'll, I'll get sidetracked if I say what I was about to say. But it's hard not to, man. It's hard not to when you, when you just think about the wickedness and violence. But, that's, but the, see, here's the thing. Think about, think about you, you, you see all that sin out there and, 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 and you go, man, that, that's just so wicked. That's just so vile. But then think about the worst thing you've ever done. I'm sure some of us would have to say that was wicked and that was, if I look back on my life and I say, man, that was wicked. That was vile. But yet then I look over at Jesus and I say, and that's what he was willing to become. That's what he was willing to become. Christ died for what? The ungodly. The ungodly. Boy, you know, and we have, we have to remember that. That Listen, he died for the ungodly. And he became, whatever it was they did, whatever it is people have done out there, and we think about all the wicked uh, uh, people down through the ages, whatever it was they done was included in what, what Jesus Christ became. Because he became the source, right? All that stuff was the source of sin. Listen, we're all equally sinners, we may not have all done the same thing. You see, we all know, we all know what we were born. We just don't know what all we were going to do. See, uh, sin may not be manifest the same in everybody's life, but we're all just as guilty before God. Because we're guilty for, before God, not because of what we've done. We're guilty of God because of what we are and what we were, amen? And that is what Jesus Christ became. He became sin. 1 John 4, 17, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. 
Here it is. Because, look at this and this. Because as he is, and what is he? Well, he's righteous. As he is, righteous, holy, harmless, undefiled. That's what he is. But look what it says. So are we in this world. That's an amazing thing. See, uh, this is what we were. So was he. That's what he became. See, what we were, we were sinners, right? We were sinners. And what we were is what he became. And because he was willing to become what we were, we are now able to become what he is. That is an amazing thing, amen? He was willing to become what we were so that we could become what he is. That's the thing about that statement. As he is, so are we in this world. Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and here it is, and for sin. Right? There it is. The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He came what? For sin. And he became sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That's what he did in that body down here. He became sin and he condemned sin. Amen. In the flesh. 8-4. Why? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled. What? In us who walk not after the flesh, but the spirit. Christ submitted himself to the sin of man to pay the price for sin. Now man, amen, is able to submit himself to God and get to the righteousness of God through Christ. Philippians 3, 9 says that we might be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is the law, but that, that righteousness, which is through the faith of Christ. When we put our faith in Christ, what do we get? We get the very righteousness of Christ. We get the very righteousness of God. And that's what this verse says, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Isaiah 61.10, what a beautiful verse, Isaiah 61.10. says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall be joyful in my God. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Are you rejoicing this morning? Are you joyful in your God this morning? Why? Why do I rejoice in the Lord? Why am I joyful in my God? For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with what? The robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorned herself with jewels. Well, I don't know what else, amen, uh, 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 people might be wearing to church today, but listen, every one of us, amen, do you know we're all dressed alike today, amen? Uh, man, I like that robe. Where'd you get it? Well, same place you got your robe, amen, the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so thank God, verse 21, I hurry along here, we see the great exchange. Now let's go up to verse 7. You see, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, here, here's the great thing. Because of the great exchange, right? You're a new creature. You're a new creature. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And Ephesians 4.24. And you have put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true wholeness. You see, when you got saved, he, God is still in the creating business. He created something new in you 
in Christ Jesus. So it says all things are changed. You see, so what happened? Because of the great exchange, the great exchange led to a great change, amen, in your life when you got saved. Thank God. When I got saved, a great change took place in my life. It says again, he is a new creature. And that's what we need to realize. Uh, again, stop trying to straighten up the old man. That is not your job, right? Right. Uh, God was bringing in the new wine, the Holy Spirit. And so he made a new bottle to put it in, the new man. And so he works through that new man. He, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. What's the Bible say? Such were some of you. Boy, the world tells you, you know, uh, once you're that, you know, uh, uh, alcoholics and oh, Well, once an alcoholic. Boy, think about that. People have to bear that burden. They say, well, I've been sober 20 years. Can you imagine not of having touched a drink for 20 years and you still have to carry the fact that you had a drink 20 years ago around your neck? <laughs> Amen. Well, but, no, no, no. Aren't you glad the Bible says such were some of you? I'm glad I don't have to uh, carry the burden of, you know, I can say, amen, 22. I mean, to think I got saved 34 years ago, but to think that I'd still have to carry the burden of what I did before I got saved around my neck, I'm glad, amen, the Bible says, such were some of you. They're passed away. They're gone. And all things are become new. You see, that great exchange led to a great change in my life. Hey, I got saved. My devotion changed, amen. My devotion changed. My interests are no longer in the world before I got saved, amen. My devotion was for Jeff Stewart. My devotion was for the things of the world. But now, amen, I got saved. A change took place, amen. My devotion has changed. Now my devotion is towards my beloved Savior. Amen. Oh, how I love the Lord. Amen. Uh, I hit my devotion has changed. Not only has my devotion changed, my demeanor's changed. Amen. And it's, it's got, needs some more change in my, my behavior, but my behavior's changed. Amen. Thank God my behavior changed. I act different. I walk different. I talk different. Amen. Uh, my desires are different. And most of all, thank God my destiny changed. Amen. As, as the old preacher said, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. Amen. I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. Amen. And I'm excited. Amen. That the change has taken place. I'm glad I don't. I, I, all that stuff was cut away. You know, I, I, we need to say this. I, I tell you a phrase. We, we some, I know we say this phrase. I won't be mean, right? But you know what? I, I really don't agree with this uh, phase, phrase completely. You know, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You know what? And I know we sing that song, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And it's a great song. But you know what? That, that keeps us tied to being a sinner. No, no, no. No, I was a sinner. I got saved by grace. Now I'm a saint who is joying, amen, that my life has been changed, amen. Old things are passed away, all things become new. Hey, listen, I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner on my way to hell without hope and without God. But one day, amen, by the grace of God, I heard the gospel. I repented of my sin and put my trust in the death, burial, and resurrection. And besides, I'm not old sinner. Why, well, I'm not even old. So how can I be an old sinner, amen? I'm getting there, <laughs> Hey, all right, you quiet. Amen. All right, listen. I right, listen. I'm not even. I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. I'm not. I'm not a sinner. I'm a. I was a sinner, but now I'm saved. 
Amen. Let go of being a sinner. Amen. Uh, just cut the ties with all that and say, I am a saint. Amen. And I'm a saint because I was saved by grace. I'm a saint. Amen. Because he was willing to become sin that I could get his righteousness. And the day that I got saved, all that old stuff of 22 years of living like hell and being wicked and vile. Amen. Was cut away from me. And that day I was born again, the family of God. And from that day, amen, since May 19th, 1987, amen, I went from being a sinner to being a saint, a child of God, amen. And so my devotion has changed, amen. My desires have changed and my destiny has changed. And that's what Jesus Christ did for me, amen. He took all that. He became all that, amen. He became all I was so I could become all he is in the righteousness of, why do you want to hold on to that? Why do you want to keep an anchor in that, amen? Let it go, amen. Let it go. Uh, is that a song? Okay, I'll stop there. Amen. Thank God. All things, all things, that great exchange, that great change. To, and look what it says here. Look at this verse again, Matthew 17. Therefore, I mean, uh, uh, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And what, what's the first part of verse 18? Say, and all things are of God. That's what you have to remember. I get, I get no credit for it all. Why has my devotion changed? Oh, listen. Oh, he changed my heart that day, and he gets all the credit. Listen, my desires have changed. Listen, it's, it's because he works, he, 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 he works me to what? To will and to do. To will and to do. Listen, oh, man, uh, why are you willing to leave uh, your country and family behind and go to that place? Because of him. <laughs> because of him. Uh, why are you willing to do this? Because of him. Listen, I have no, no bragging rights in myself. Every, when I look back over 34 years, I have nothing but say, be able to say, he did it, he did it, he did it, he did it. Because of him, because of him, because of him. He gets the glory, he gets the glory. What? That no man should glory in the flesh, amen? But God should get all the glory. Because all those, all those things, amen, he did it all. He did it all. I can't take credit. If there's any good, if there's any good that's been done, amen, in the life or through the life of, of you or me, amen, since you got saved, we have to, we can look back and we have to say, he did it all. He did it all. Boy, that, that was, that was uh, Brother Crab's phrase. Every time you'd say something, that was, that was one of his phrases. He'd look at it and say, say, brother, he did it all. Amen. He did it all. Amen. He did, he did it all. He did it all. He did it all. He did it all. I'm glad, amen. I'm glad we can all brag on the same person. Let's, let's at least agree on one thing, amen. He gets all the credit. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. All these things, he did it all. And we bless his holy name for that. Thank God, amen, for the great exchange that, amen, made the great change. And because of that, amen, what do you not have today? We have a great ministry we have a great ministry that's been passed on to us. Not only did he pass on his righteousness to us, but he passed on his ministry to us. And boy, that's what we need to realize. We're going to give account for one day that he gave his ministry. Look at the second half of verse 18. It says, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us, what? The ministry. Do you realize, yeah, now we use that term, well, you know, I'm, I'm in the ministry. But you know, every one of us in this sense, we're all in the ministry. We all have a ministry. And what is that ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. To wit, look what it says, verse 19. Right? Look at this great ministry. Great ministry. To wit, that what, what was God doing? 
God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself. Right? Where he was, uh, John 14, 10 says this. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Amen. When Christ was down here, the Father was working in Christ and through Christ. What? Amen. And, and, and the whole thing was to bring man unto himself. Look at this. This way that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Well, aren't you glad that he's not imputing? Hey, 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 anybody mess up this week besides me? Anybody mess up besides me? Oh, hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Huh? Well, I'm glad we got something in common, amen. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's, me. that's me too, right? But look at it. It's, but here's the thing. It's not that they no longer trespass. It's not that we no longer mess up. It's that it is put on Christ's account, not theirs. Romans 4 saying, said, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. You are blessed today. Amen. Blessed is the man to the home. Look at this. Will not impute sin. It's not that they don't deserve it. It's not that they didn't do it. But he refuses, amen, because uh, uh, thank God, right, first John, we have an advocate. That means lawyer, right? Amen. Jesus Christ steps in and he says, listen, just like Paul said about uh, uh, Onesimus and talking to Philemon, put that on my account. Listen, uh, verse 19, listen, you know, you, you hear a lot of people, uh, this is a saying in some, some circles, uh, you got a word from the Lord? You got a word from the Lord? Hey, if somebody asks to come by you and say, hey, do you have a word from the Lord? Say, yes, I have a word from the Lord. Reconciliation. That's the word that the Lord gave. The Lord has given us all the same word. He's given us the word of reconciliation. Look at the end of verse 19. And hath committed unto us what? The word of reconciliation. Amen. Aren't you glad you got a word from the Lord today? That word is reconciliation. And God wants you to have a part of that in other people's lives. Look what he says in verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, right? And right, an ambassador is supposed to have a mission. We have a ministry. We have a mission. Now, verse 19 tells us that God was in Christ reconciling the world. Well, where's Christ now? He's in heaven. He's seated on the right hand of the Father. Well, who's still here? Amen. You and I. You and I. So, so has, has God's mission changed to reconcile man? No, God's mission hasn't changed. Just his means have changed, if you will, not his mission. And this is where we get in. This is why he left us down here. This, is, this verse tells you one of the reasons that after you got saved, God just didn't knock you across the head and take you straight to heaven. If you want to know why, right here's one of the verses. Look at this. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God, look, did beseech you, right? God's still beseeching you. God, look, the Son of Man came what? To seek and to save that which was lost. God is still seeking that which is lost. God is still in the soul-saving, life-changing, local church-building business. When Christ was here, right? He, he, but how's he doing it today? God did beseech you by us. By us. That is our job to let people know that God is beseeching them. God is seeking them. Amen. Hey, hey mind your own business. Well, right here's the verse that tells you that is your business. Amen. I am minding my own business. My business is to reconcile, help reconcile people to God through Christ Jesus. That is your business. Say, so, well, you know, be talk about sowing. Well, that's really not my personality to talk to. Listen, that's, you, can, you can argue personality, but you can't argue that it's your business. Amen. 
It is your business to get out there and let God beseech people through your witness, through your testimony. That is your and my responsibility. So when people say, mind your own business, say, listen, that is my business and I can prove it with the Bible. Right here says that it's my business to talk to you about Jesus Christ because God loves you. Jesus Christ became sin that you might have his righteousness and he has given me the responsibility amen, to come to you that he, through his Holy Spirit, amen, might prick your heart and open your eyes of understanding and draw you unto himself that you might be born again by the grace of God. Notice that he, through God, did what beseech you by us. So look at this. We pray you, look at these verses, in Christ's stead. Look at the beginning of verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And now we were doing it, what? Christ is there, so what are we doing? In Christ's stead, we represent Christ. That's what an ambassador does. He represents, amen, his leader. Christ is our leader. So in Christ's stead, I come here, amen. Uh, uh, listen, sorry, uh, Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father today. He's real busy interceding for people, so he sent me, amen. <laughs> I'm here in Christ's stead to witness it to you, amen. Uh, Christ couldn't make it, so he sent me. That's basically what we're saying, amen. I'm here on his behalf. I'm his representative. And, and in other words, I have his full authority to witness to you. I have his full authority, amen, to knock on your door Saturday morning at 930, okay? So you want to get back, you give him. I'll give you his, I'll give you his telephone number. You got this? John 316. There you go. Amen? He's waiting for you to call, right? He's waiting for you to call. Listen, and we have the full authority. We have the full authority of God, amen, to, on, in Christ's stead to represent Christ. What, a, what an amazing thing. Well, how many times you hear people when they're made an ambassador and they're standing at the podium and I would like to thank the president for this honor and this privilege to uh, represent him and represent our nation uh, in this country. Hey, when's the last time we thank God? I would like to thank God. I would like to thank God that I have the privilege to represent, amen, to represent this country, our heavenly home, to represent, amen, uh, my Lord. What a privilege. Amen. Do we thank him that we have the privilege in Christ's stead, right? That what? I beseech you to be reconciled to God. That is our message uh, to people. What a, what a wonderful thing that God, amen. Thank God for the great exchange. He was willing to become sin for you that you could have his righteousness. And because of the great exchange, amen, and you put your trust in Think of that, amen. There you were, a sinner without hope and without God, worthy of death, worthy of hell, of, of no value in your own right. And God looked down and said, I want to use him. I want to use her. Amen. But for that, amen, they have to become righteousness. And so Christ came down and said, I'll be willing to come sin so they can become right. So what he did, he raised our value. Amen. He raised our value. Now, in God's eyes, we're of equal value. We're of equal value. Who does God love more, Jesus or you? Same. According to the word of God, he loves you 
equally because you are equal with Jesus in that sense in the eyes of God because when he looks at you, what does he see? He sees the righteousness of his beloved son, the righteousness of God. Romans 10, 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now think about that. That verse showed us that Jesus Christ, as we finish up here, Jesus Christ became sin that you might have the righteousness of God. And what he's asking you, if you're not saved, is stop trying to establish your own righteousness. Stop trying to do it on your own. The best thing to do is realize what Jesus Christ did on your behalf, that the righteousness of God is sitting there waiting for you, amen, to partake of. But you have to be willing to submit yourself to it. You see, and that's what man doesn't like to do, that prideful heart, that prideful heart that stops man from being willing to submit to the truth of the word of God. Willing to submit, amen, to the convicting of the Holy Spirit of God and being willing to submit himself to the finished work of Jesus Christ that he might submit unto the righteousness of God that is found in Christ Jesus. You see, uh, uh, when, when, when we get saved, what are we doing? We're saying, hey, I, I can't do it on my own. I can't become righteous. There's no way. If it's up to me, there's no way on my own. I'll ever have a relationship with God. And we, and we stop trying and we say, Jesus paid it all. All things, amen, as it said there, all things are of God. He did it all. So you don't have to do anything. And so that's why when he explains all this, right? Now, you know, we have a chapter six here, but really we know there's, there's a, no break there. That's why he goes on straight into verses one and two. We'll finish up there, which say this. We then as workers together, that's what we are, right? We just found out we have a ministry. We found out we have a job, right? Uh, that on behalf of Christ to go out there and beseech people to be reconciled to God. So we then as workers together, that's what the church is, amen? We're workers together with him. Beseech you also. You see, God, listen, friend, if you're not saved, God is beseeching you. He's seeking you. He desires to have that relationship. And because we're in tune with God by the grace of God, we beseech you also. Amen. We beseech you also. Hey, friend, uh, 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 God, if you're not saved this morning, God is beseeching you. I am beseeching you. Sister Judy is beseeching you. Brother Burgess is beseeching you. Everyone here that's saved this morning loves you and cares about you. And we beseech you by the grace of God that you would finally this day repent of your sin and accept Jesus Christ and submit yourself as he willingly submitted himself to be made sin. Amazing. All we're asking to do is to be willing to submit yourself to the righteousness of God, which can only be found in Jesus Christ. We beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. Look at this. In the day of salvation have I secured thee. The day of salvation? Well, when's the day of salvation? Well, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You see, God is calling you. He not only tells you what you need to do and how to do it, but he tells you when to do it. And he says, hey, listen, friend, if you're not 100% sure right now, that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. If you're not 100% sure right now, amen, that the righteousness of God is in you and that there's a specific day that you've accepted Jesus Christ, if there's any question mark to that, well, he said, don't put it off. Listen, 
What you need to do now, amen, is right where you're at, or if you're here, come forward, amen, and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you might be reconciled, that you might be restored to God, that you might go from enmity to God to fellowship and friendship with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Boy, what a wonderful thing. He did it all, amen. And he said here, amen, you hear that the complete package is in Jesus Christ, but you have to be willing to come in and set aside your pride and all those other things that are holding you back and come today and be willing to submit to him. And why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that if you understand that that's your need? Friend, if you're here listening and you're, if there's, again, any question mark, Man, look what, Je- look what Jesus Christ did for you. Think about all those things that you've done. You say, man, I did that. And you know what he said? And, we, and, and all, God knows everything you did. And you know what he says? He says, I want you to take everything that John's done or everything that Bob's done or everything that Susan, he said, I want you to take all that and I want you to put it on my son. And, and the son said, I'll take it. I'll take it for John. I'll take it. Whatever. He did that willingly. And knowing that he willingly did that for you, why wouldn't you willingly, amen, want to come to him and receive him as your personal Savior? And if you are saved, amen, why wouldn't you want to willingly fulfill your ministry, amen, and beseeching those around you to be reconciled unto God? Let's pray.